Section 2 of Letters from Victorian Pioneers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Beth Thomas, Victoria, Australia. Letters from Victorian Pioneers. Letter number two from Hugh Murray, Colac, 18th August, 1853. Sir, I had the honour, on the tenth instant, to receive Your Excellency's letter, dated 29th July, requesting information as to the time and circumstances of the first occupation of the Colac country, etc., and have now the honour briefly to give Your Excellency what information I possess. The Colac country was first occupied in September 1837 by myself, accompanied or immediately followed by Messrs. G. F. and A. Lloyd and William Carter. My flock consisted of a hundred ewes, and theirs jointly of five hundred, which we joined together for mutual protection. These sheep were brought from Van Diemen's Land, at a cost of about three pounds per head, the price there at that time being two pounds. We were the only occupants of the country for about six months, our nearest neighbour being Mr. Thomas Ricketts, who occupied a station on the River Barwon, about ten miles distant, at the point where Jellybrand and Hesse were last seen. Early in 1838, Mr. Pollock, Dewing, Bromfield and Mr. Briggs, for Captain Fyans, took up the unoccupied land around the banks of Lake Colac. They were followed by Mr. Watson and Hamilton, and after them, the Mr. Manifold stretched out to the west, and towards the end of that year and the beginning of 1839, the squatters spread rapidly over the western district. All those persons I have named came from Van Diemen's Land, and brought their sheep from there, except Captain Fyans, who brought cattle from Sydney. I first heard of the Colac country from a party who were in search of Jellybrand and Hesse in August 1837, under the guidance of the Reverend Mr. Naylor, and I believe they were the discoverers of it. It may be interesting to state that this party, consisting of 14 men, fitted out by Mrs. Jellybrand for three months, at an expense of £700, when arrived at Lake Colac, allowed some of the Barrabool tribe of Aborigines who were with them to murder an old man and a child of the Colac tribe, whom they found on the banks of the lake, and afraid of retaliation from the tribe, fled back in haste next morning, having passed the night without fire for concealment, and gave up the search. The blacks brought with them, on the end of their spears, portions of the man and child they had killed, which I saw them eat with great exultation during the evening. They stayed at our tent in the Barwon on their return. The Colac tribe of natives was not numerous when we came here, men, women and children not numbering more than thirty-five or forty. From their own account, they were once numerous and powerful, but from their possessing a rich hunting country, the Barrabool, Lee, Wardy Yalloak, and Jancourt tribes surrounding made constant war upon them, and the tribe, from having been the strongest, became the weakest. The extent of their country was a radius of about ten miles from Lake Colac, except on the south, where in the extensive Cape Otway ranges there was no other tribe. We had very little intercourse with them for the first eighteen months, their demeanour towards us being always treacherous and dishonest. They never lost an opportunity of stealing our sheep, at first by night carrying off a few from the fold, but afterwards became more daring, and drove off a score or two in the daytime from the shepherd. These they would take to some secure corner and feast upon them, breaking the legs of those they did not at once kill to detain them. In such cases the settlers assembled and pursued them, and when their encampment was discovered they generally fled, leaving behind them their weapons, rugs, etc., which together with their huts were destroyed. I am happy to think that they met with more forbearance here than in many other parts of the country. 
and to be able to state with certainty that never upon any such occasion or at any time since their country was first occupied was one of their number shot to death, with one single exception, when I believe a man died of a shot wound he received after having thrown a spear, and while in the act of throwing another, at one of a party in pursuit of his stolen property. After about two years, our acquaintance became more friendly, and they began to be employed upon our stations. I have, etc. Hugh Murray. To His Excellency C. J. Latrobe, Esquire. End of Letter 2.